Hey, I'm Brenda. She, her. Uh, hey, I'm Austin. He, him. And this is Secret, Secret History, History of, of Nerd, Nerd Mysteries. Secret histories of nerd mysteries. I'm Austin. And I'm Brenda. And this is a podcast we have every week where we have a where we mostly just talk. <laughs> and there's technically a, a theme. <laughs> and we do our best to remember the theme. In these troubled times, we're hanging out. Basically. <laughs> welcome to me and Brenda hanging out. <laughs> hanging out. On Discord, recording it, putting it on the internet. I think that's our new theme song. <laughs> I think that is the new theme song of this podcast. <laughs> wow, episode four. Wow, we've done this for four whole consecutive weeks. We really have. It's pretty. It's pretty wild. We have a we have a Twitter now. Everybody, we'll talk about that later. Like when we're telling you where to find us, but we have a Twitter now. We're like, we're a real podcast. Now we're easier to find than ever before. Ever. You don't, (laughs) we won't be like, come to my Twitter or I don't really talk about this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Come to my Twitter if you just want to see me yell about the government. (laughs) Would you like to see me uh, live tweet me watching She-Ra for the first time? I mean, you might, but but it's not necessarily directly tied to this podcast. Um, also, I slept on she for too long. Oh, I watched season one in like one sitting with my friends, and then I just never watched anymore. <laughs> like, I love, I it was great. Like, you know, it just did not move for like 14 episodes mm-hmm. in season one. And um, <laughs> just never watched season two or season three or season four. Or season five, which came out like last week. And I know I will love it, but I was at New York City Comic Con when it was like it the, the like it was like the big thing for New York City Comic Con. It had like a big uh display on the panel on like the showroom floor and they had like big panels for it and everything. And I like went to the panels and I was like, Yeah, this looks really cool. I can't wait to watch it. And then I just like deleted it from my brain entirely until <laughs> This weekend, when everyone was like, wow, I can't believe she was dead. And I was like, I thought they just got a season one like two years ago. Wait. That's what it feels like. I'm like, it's every season, like five episodes. It's like when um, me and our, our mutual friend Paloma sat down to watch Voltron. And it was like five, like a se- the new season was like five episodes. We were just like, we were about to be like, all right, let's just throw like throw in the towel for today. We'll go home and watch the rest later. And then that was it. That was the last episode. And we were like, oh, no. <laughs> oh now we wait a- again o- okay <laughs> um so it's speak so uh speaking of teams of teams of attitude with giant <laughs> robots say we're talking about power rangers go go power rangers that's my imitation of the, the guitar <laughs> 
there, there is Power our Rangers. imitation of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers because we do not need Saban Entertainment suing us by playing their music. Yeah. I don't want Haim Saban to come to my house and kick at my door and personally <laughs> punch me in the face. He's like, That's not what I'm here for. He's like, listen, I fought Disney long enough. I'm not fighting you two. <laughs> I gave you Power Rangers. I gave you Digimon. What more do you want from me? And I'll be like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. He also, he also brought Beetleborgs. He brought like a lot of those shows. I... He was essentially in charge of every, like almost everything on Fox Kids. Like, like Power Rangers was a hit and like Fox Kids was just like, all right, here you go. What's your next one? <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> All right, what else you got up your sleeve? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's interesting to me because he did like he had Power Rangers and he had um he brought Beetleborgs and like those are both like like both of those shows in my head until I was like 14 were the same like were so like I couldn't remember which plot lines were from which because they're like essentially both live action anime. Yeah, essentially they were both like kind of built the same way. Same with like uh, the Americanized version of Common Rider. I think right. he did that too. That yeah. never took off. No, <laughs> no one liked that one. No, I, it has like a weird name. It's like Knights of the Blah Blah Blah, and I'm like, I can't tell you what it's actually called. No one cares. <laughs> well, you know, uh, so. The first interesting thing I found while researching for this episode of the podcast um, was, so Power Rangers, as we know it, uh, you know, most people probably think of Mighty more from Power Rangers, the first in the series, is adapted from the Super Sentai series. That's like, that's something a lot of people that are fans of Power Rangers know, and if you're not a fan of Power Rangers, me even saying Power Rangers, it's probably like, that's the one with the, they have colors, right? Um <laughs> there's a blue one there's a red one sometimes there's a green one sometimes sometimes there's a white one there's a black one sometimes and sometimes purple? the black one's the leader i think there has been purple they've done like they've they, one time there was the gold ranger who was who honestly was like just a black ranger who had like gold trim <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty fancy there was like a dog ranger a cat yeah. one there's there's been like alien rangers there's been time rangers the ninja turtle show up once (laughs) (laughs) that happens um but super sentai is essentially powering it's like power rangers in japan uh i won't get too into the weeds with like how they're different um but before like before they brought over Super Sentai's Power Rangers in the 70s, like, Toei and Marvel took Spider-Man to Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and that this is kind of, like, what started this cultural exchange of, like, shows like this. So they took Spider-Man to Japan, and then Stan Lee uh, tried to bring a Sentai, uh, um, Sentai series Sun Vulcan to America, and then just didn't take off. Um he tried to sell it to HBO. He tried to sell it to a few other networks who like are defunct now that aren't that are like not relevant to bring up. The big one was HBO, um, mm-hmm. but he just couldn't <clears throat> sell it to anybody. Uh, and Saban was like in the biz, and in the eighties he went to Japan, and he saw a show called Bioman. It's uh, Chodenchi Bioman was like 
what he like saw that when he was on the business trip to Japan and he remembered that Spider-Man went to Japan and did good and Stan Lee tried to bring Sun Vulcan to America and it didn't take off. So he tried to bring Bioman. Again, nobody wanted to pick it up. Um, so he like after that, Saban was like, I am going to bring a like Japanese superhero show to America because it's like an untapped market. Uh so after about a decade of trying, he finally gets someone to pick up Power Rangers. Um, and it's kind of like, after that, it was kind of uh, over for <laughs> afternoon TV. Like, it was just Power Rangers all the time, it felt like. Just all the time. Power Rangers was, like, literally everywhere. <laughs> um but I find inter- I find interesting about so many things we bring up on this podcast is like so many of these things started before we were like the year we were born or before we were born, but then we're such a part of our childhood still. Mm-hmm. Um, like he distributed Power Rangers from ninety three until two thousand one or two thousand two, um, and that was and most of that was just like the original Mighty Morphin, like that was on for a while. Yeah, that was that's why we know that one so well. It's because you know we were both alive in 1993, but like too young for it. But it was mm-hmm. still going on. You know, I remember seeing the uh, Green Ranger like as it was happening, right? Like you know, like it was coming on TV, and I remember him being introduced and how big of a deal that was. Like it was. Uh, it, I mean, I got into martial arts because of Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> so many people did i did too i did karate very very briefly um but it turns out my my bones are uh my joints in particular are made of paper so oh no. the and paper i hate joints. violence <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean i remember the movie coming out not being it was it was interesting to go back anytime i'm researching for this podcast it's always interesting to go back and see like what people like not kids thought about what was going on and pe- and adults hated power rangers which a hundred percent i i get like my parents would chill with it because we would all watch it together mm-hmm. so it was just like a big but like i totally get why parents hated power rangers because it's like incredibly violent there's really not much to it you know it's like petty team drama usually mm-hmm. but there's something about it that's just so endearing and every time, like, a new Power Ranger thing comes out, like, so they rebooted the comics uh, a couple years ago when Boom Comics brought mm-hmm. Power Rangers back, I was, like, there. I own so many variant covers for the <laughs> series because I was just like, I have to put this Power Rangers art on my wall. <laughs> I remember, um, oh, what was, oh, what was the comic art called? Uh, Shattered Grid. They yes. they had a comic arc called Power Rangers Shattered Grid, and it's like, so the Power Rangers lore is actually quite extensive and vast, which is also weird. Like, if you get into it, there's like... Oh, it's so... We have, like, a mutual friend, uh, Chris, who knows so much about Power Rangers. It's it's baffling. He'll start talking about it, and then, like, I just have to listen, because he, <laughs> he just knows so much more than I do. And his enthusiasm is so genuine. I just love it so much. Oh, that's that's awesome. I did not. Okay, so next time, I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if we have someone that could bring on the pod. But, like, in my group, I know the most about Power Rangers, so I didn't know anyone. I'm like, I'm not supposed to tell Brenda, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 100% uh, Chris would talk about Power Rangers. 
<laughs> Sorry, Chris, if you're listening to this. <laughs> Oops. Um, <laughs> but Shattered Grid gets to, like, it's, like, all rangers throughout, like, timelines and the multiverse, because there's a, there's a Power Rangers multiverse that exists. Um, there is a Tommy Oliver, who we talked about a little bit ago, who became the Green, Green Ranger, and then he was a bad guy, and then he became a good guy. There's this Tommy Oliver out there who doesn't become a good guy, and he becomes Lord Dragon? I think so. I think that's, I've never heard it said, but like, it's like spelt like dragon, <laughs> but I doubt they, I doubt it's supposed to be dragon. It's like Dracon. Chris would know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> but in this uh, comic arc, what it, one, it's super heavy. It is definitely not something they could ever do with like real Power Rangers. Um, oh, the scale of it is just so enormous. It's like this massive multi-universe, all, like alternate bad universe crossover story mm-hmm. it's incredible and it's definitely geared towards like people our age oh yeah because i don't i don't think the younger generation even cares about mighty Morphin power rangers no. the younger generation still cares about power rangers yeah they're probably they're probably on like power rangers rpm or samurai i know those were pretty big ones recently um a lot of my friends who are like a couple years younger than me are really into ninja storm so when i talk about power mm. rangers that's the one that they default to like they'll be like oh i like the light blue one and i'm like light blue excuse me <laughs> <laughs> you pardon me you mean you mean billy <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah she's pretty cool <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> wait wait <laughs> billy portrayed by david yost <laughs> what <laughs> yeah she's kind of got like water powers excuse what? me you mean the triceratops <laughs> Yes, Last tr- time I checked, the Triceratops couldn't water bend. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so yeah, so Shattered Grid. Uh, I remember what I was thinking. It was like I remember when they released a live action trailer for this comic arc, and me and Brenda, I think, saw it at the same time, and then both sent it to each other. Like, oh my <laughs> god, look at this! <laughs> and then I think later you like came into like where I used to work, and you like leaned on the counter and just like. So what about that Shattered Grid trailer? And was I was just so, like, was, I like, I saw it and I was like, I want more of this. But I know there's no way Saban Entertainment will ever make like a, they, like they can't make this. They won't. Yeah, it's like, from a, sta- like a profit standpoint, there's, you know, there's really no point to doing it. It's more mm-hmm. lucrative to concentrate on like the younger demographic. Yeah. We'll buy collectibles till the end of time, like our generation, but like. Right. Yeah, it's like I I would watch it, but I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go like buy toys yeah, and like, kids books and like I, that. I'm past that. Like like you said, I'll get a, I'll get a collectible every yeah. like three to four years or whatever when it like comes my way. I'll be like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. But then there's a chance I'm not even buying it from them. It might be from like a collector shop or something that bought it a long time ago. Yeah, it's like you know I'll trawl through eBay to try to find like a good condition Serpentera that doesn't cost me $500. But it is interesting you brought up the, uh, like, the generational aspect, because I have siblings who are, they just turn. I'm 28, and I turned 29, and they are, they just turned 22 and 23, respectively. It's two sets of twins. And so Power Rangers was in my life probably longer than, like, a lot of my friend group. Um, 
and I would always say it's oh, it's because I have siblings, but I also really liked it. <laughs> um, oh yeah, no, I got like the flu really bad one time, and there was like a Disney XD had like a marathon of SPD mm-hmm. on like the whole series. Oh nice! So I've seen all of SPD. Doggy Kruger. Yeah, the last the last one I saw was Dino Thunder, which is oddly enough where Tommy Oliver shows up again. Yeah, that one's good because, you know, Tommy's there. So it can be like, yeah. I'm watching this because I'm a fan of this character and not that like I really just legitimately love <laughs> well, Dino It's guys. interesting because Power Rangers, like they kind of only have from what I found, like three or four themes. There's dinosaurs. Uh, ninjas. Cars. And jungle animals. That's like the ticket to success. Like sometimes they try to like deviate away from that where they're like, oh, it's like we're magical yeah. wizards now. <laughs> nope. The worst one. Absolutely awful. <laughs> Mystic Force, get um, out of here. Yeah, Mystic Force. Is that? I'm trying to remember if Mystic Force is the one where Disney was owning it and Disney was like, we want to stop making these because they're not as popular. And I want I'm I feel like it is. Let me... I think there was one more after that that had to do with cars. Yes. So Mystic Force did poorly because, like as you said there, like, what if we were wizards? It was bad. Disney wanted to stop, but they had a contractual obligation with Bondi from, like, when they bought the rights that they would make so many seasons. So they had to make two more. So they did... There is Jungle Fury, which is after, and there's also Operation Overdrive. Um, yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. When people say RPM, I automatically think of Operation Overdrive, and I'm completely yes. wrong because RPM just came out. Saban Entertainment bought the rights back to Power Rangers again, and then took Power Ranger Samurai over to Nickelodeon, which is where, which is where they are now. And they have plans to produce Power Rangers through 2021, is what they announced, is what Nickelodeon said, and they said from then they'll be rethinking the agreement. <gasps> oh no. Is this the end of Power Rangers? <laughs> I Saban Entertainment seems to really love Power Rangers. Like this guy has done a lot of stuff. He owns he also owns Univision. He like bought out Univision with his broadcast group. He has he owns like huh. um what's the word for record labels? He he like produces music. He has a music career he did. Um mostly it's been I mean he did a lot of theme songs for a series that we grew up with he worked on like digimon that treasure <laughs> of, a, of a theme song he did that because he was credited him and the company were credited with composing for inspector gadget uh he-man she-ra the older ones not the newer franchises i I didn't see I didn't see anything that he had anything to do with the She-Ra music for the new one, short of like if they sample any of the old music, I assume. Yeah, which I think I don't Yeah, think I don't they believe did. so. I didn't watch a lot of the old I haven't seen a lot of the old She-Ra, but I so he was like credited with that, but in ninety eight he it was reported that he didn't actually compose all of the music he was credited with. Um and a lot of the there were ten composers who threatened to sue him, but then they settled out of court. <gasps> Yeah. So, and I mean, that's not super shocking, right? Because some of these shows, like it's the 80s, especially business men are playing it pretty fast and loose with people's rights. Yeah. And speaking of scandals, that also leads me to bringing up that Mighty Morphin Power Rangers had a lot of scandals and problems with the production. (laughs) Uh, 
the chief one being that I always think of, but like this is one I didn't even look up for this podcast. I just knew it is uh, David Yost and his fact that he's gay um, was something he was by his report like abused and bullied about on set almost daily by production members. He never seems to. He never names any cast. And I do not know if that is because they've made amends and he doesn't want to hurt them now, or if it was only production team, but he only references like producers and like set people and like directors and stuff. Like in general, he's like, those are the people who were causing him that harm. Um, he says that the reason he... Because David Yo stayed on Power Rangers the longest. He was in Mighty Morphin. He was there for... Oh, he was there... F- oh, he was in it for the long... Space Rangers, was he? Was that his last one? Uh, yeah, I know he was there for Tobo, Turbo, and I think he left for In Space. Um, yes. I think that's right. So, because he was there longer than... Because uh, Jason David Frank, who plays Tommy, who we keep referencing, is also there for Turbo, and then... At the end of Turbo, he, like, gives up his powers, because they're superheroes, to a new, like, ranger. But Billy's still there. Um, and David Yo said the reason he left Power Rangers, because he, he walks off, he's like, I walked off set one day because he'd been called the F-word slur for gay people too many times, so he just left. Yeah, and to this day... Uh, Saban Entertainment and producers from the show and stuff all say that it's not true. Um, so that's like, that's, yeah, that's one of the roughest things to swallow for me because I'm like rewatching the old Rangers right now. I'm like, man, this guy was like, like, you must really, part of me, I'm like, you must really love it to deal with that. But it's like, he's also like, he was a new actor. Like, he hadn't been in anything and he's in like, the biggest property in the world at the time. Yeah, and, like, the fear of losing that. Like, for someone who, you know, he that's the only mm-hmm. thing he's ever been in. So the fear of, like, losing that job and, like, having to put up with, like, such, like, a mm-hmm. shitty work environment. You know, one, it paid really good, probably. But, like, yeah, the fear Speaking of Speaking of job. pay and more bummer news, they were paid terribly. <gasps> they didn't they get were paid? paid they, they were paid $600 a week to cover, like, Production time, appearances, everything. 600 bucks, no matter what they did. 600 bucks a week. Holy shit. They, they, did not, they did not see any back pay for any reruns that they were in. Like, so, like, the fact that, like, Pounders on Netflix Wait, they or, don't get residuals? Holy They have shit. no resi- They were, I mean, they were all, you, you think about it, they were all younger, new actors who hadn't been in anything. They didn't have agents. They didn't have people looking out for them. This is this is the 90s, so, you know, in this era, there were a lot of, like, younger actors being taken advantage of by these companies. Um, like, I know they, they aren't the only sad story. Yeah. Nowadays, like, you know, someone could go to, like, Twitter and be like, hey, this is what's going on, and there could be, like, a very public release of that information. But, like, back in the 90s, like, there really was no way. If you leak right. information, a lot of times, you mean, you'd be blacklisted from the industry. It's incredibly cutthroat and, like... You- not guaranteed a job ever exactly like ever it's it's so like reading through this stuff was like so difficult because like it's it brought me so much joy as a kid and various cast members will talk about like that is what they look back on is like they um 
they think about like when they went to a meet and greet for like a hospital or something and they got to see kids that were sick that were like i am still going because i'm gonna be a power ranger and like that's like they're like we don't want kids who grew up with this to hate it like they treated us poorly but it doesn't mean like it's it's a complex thing right yeah it's incredibly complex like dealing with knowing the truth behind something you were really into um i just right. finished a book on beanie ba- like reading a book about beanie babies and i'm just like mm-hmm. sitting in the basement just like incredibly conflicted because like that was real picked up the whole time and oh oh really yeah well it's like because like the whole like secondary market around beanie babies really took them out of like the hands of kids and the um a lot of people lost a ton of money and the guy mm-hmm. behind beanie babies ty warner is an incredibly like shitty person mm. uh, like really the only good thing that he did was that he advocated for his factories in china to be like incredibly good quality and he advocated for them to get paid which is an incredibly good thing but for everyone else especially like the people up higher up in his company it was like an absolute hell and no one really made it out of the beanie baby craze without losing everything it's wild mm. and no one really made it out of power rangers with like a career like what have these people no. been in yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, so the first one I think of is Austin St. John, who was, who played uh, Jason, I used to know his last name, on, in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the original. He was like, Jason, wow. Uh, Jason, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just, I keep saying his character name, I'll just stick with that. <laughs> so the character, the actor who played Jason, the actor who played Zach, who was the Black Ranger, and also Black, we'll get to that. And the actress who played Trini, who was the Yellow Ranger, and Asian American, we'll get to that. Oh, um, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those three were very upset about like the working conditions, the pay. Um, Amy Jo Johnson, who was the Pink Ranger, on the set of the first Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, almost got set on fire. <laughs> um, Excuse me. Because the... Their work conditions were so poor. Like, they did a lot of their own stunts. The The production team saved money. They did not have, really, a stunt team. Like, a lot of the a lot of the fighting and stunts you see are them when they're not in the suit. Um, because when they're in the suit, it's the film from Super Sentai. Yeah, so, Whatever. I think, Would, really quick, I think we need to explain, for people who don't know, like, how Power Rangers was cobbled together. Because we haven't touched on that. And we'll come back to this, for sure. But I think we need to clarify how Power Rangers came to America. And it's that the film from Toei, right? Like from the original Japanese, was cobbled together with brand new American footage. So when everyone's in their suits and everything, that's recycled footage from Japan mixed in with American actors for when they're not in their suits. So it's a lot of like recycled clips, um, recycled shots, just everything is cobbled together. And I mean, you can honestly tell, because like when you're watching, like I've been watching like some of Mighty Morphin, I watch some of like Alien Rangers, like whatever I can find to just like refresh my rangerness. Um, when you're watching Mighty Morphin, you can tell like when they're in, they're, they live in a town called Angel Grove that's set in California. Um, when they're in like the community teen hangout spot, the film looked like it's shot differently than when they go to a fight scene and you can tell yeah because the film in japan was like like from the mid 80s or so 
it's just two completely different time periods so like it's different camera equipment it's like different countries with different ways of like shooting scenes so it's just like very exactly obvious that like these don't go together but when you're like five you can't tell no you can't tell at all like you cannot (laughs) you cannot tell the megazord fights a dude in a robot suit yeah you're just like (laughs) all right here we go like you're just having a, a grand old time Correct. So Mighty Morphin, it's Super Sentai Counterpoint. Counterpart <laughs> is Kyoryu Sentai Zurenja, uh, which, as far as we're concerned, translates for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, because that's what we called it. And there's no reason to get into the weeds about that. Get into, like, push my glasses <laughs> up my nose and just be like, well, in Japanese, it means this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's no reason to do, do that. We don't need to do that. We have a name for it. <laughs> um. And so that's why some things like in Japan, the Yellow Ranger was played by a man. So that's why when they transform, like Kimberly had a skirt and Trini didn't. Um, you can also even tell, like looking at it, like as an adult, that it's not them because Jason's shoulders are like wide, like typical American man shoulders for like being the buff leader, you know? But yeah. then when he transforms, his, he's like very slender. Everyone kind of loses all of their muscle mass. Cause like Kimberly's pretty buff, and then she's like in the mm-hmm. like in the suit, and then it's like this is a very tidy woman. The I I find it interesting that um the heights all seem similar though. Like they must have tried really hard for that with casting to like make sure like the height differences looked about the same mm-hmm. because they do look about the same. I I definitely paused into the frame by frame to see like, but do they look like they're the same height? And they do. That's good. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> uh, it's important, but the yeah so. Like I was saying, a lot of the stunts and stuff when they are not fighting in the suit was just the actors like doing the choreography, which was something that I think is pretty cool to this day. Like a lot of the people that were in Power Rangers had some kind of martial arts background. I mean, Austin St. John and Jason David Frank are both black belts, Mm -hmm. um, multiple holding black belts. uh, And that's something they were pursuing before they were on Power Rangers. And then they got to be in Power Rangers and just kind of fueled that passion for them um so i think that's something that's cool because i we talked a few weeks ago about like uh the ninja turtles movie how cool it is when the choreography is seamless and i think having actors that agree to do it adds to the show but it's difficult because they weren't necessarily agreeing like i said they just had bad work conditions yeah it was like they should have gotten paid more to do their own stunts there's a lot of like that's wild that like you know they had just had the actors do their own stunts because like that's like a major liability if someone gets like hurt you can't film anymore right it's a very and it's so dangerous i mean uh amy joe johnson who was kimberly like i said on the mighty morphin power rangers movie she was almost set on fire (laughs) and then in the turbo movie she was almost electric doing a stunt jeez and given those conditions that is why jason zach and trini leave the show um they leave Mighty Morphin and like they give their again, like they do this like they transfer of power kind of scene mm-hmm. to New Rangers. Um but behind the scenes they did not leave by choice, they were fired because they went to the production team and they're like, Hey, our friends are like like they're like a family. This like our family's being put in danger and we need more money and protection. And they were like, Or you can leave and they fired them. Boy. For Trying, they were trying to unionize like the staff, and they were let go. Um, and at, shortly after that, like 
like I said, they were paid six hundred dollars a week. They're out in California. Um, Austin Shake John was homeless for like, I think he said like two or three months after he was let go because he he had no money. <laughs> yeah, no one can survive. Like this is the '90s, so it wasn't even as like it wasn't quite as bad as it is now. But like, still, California is an incredibly expensive place to live. It's an incredibly cutthroat mm-hmm. place to live, and like, your job is never guaranteed ever. Right. And with all this fame, it's like a dual-edged sword, right? It's like a lot of people who get to be in these cultural phenomenons like this, I feel like have a hard time finding new work because you're just the Red Ranger. Yeah. You're just the, like, oh, you were Billy on Power Rangers, right? You're put into, like, this, like, box. And this happens in, like, larger movies as well. Uh, like, mm-hmm. a lot of, like, aside from Harrison Ford, you know, like, Mark Hamill didn't do a lot of, like, acting that wasn't voice acting. And, uh, Oh my god, I'm blanking on her name. Carrie Fisher? Yes! I'm a disgrace! <laughs> uh, Carrie Fisher, like, you know, she couldn't get a lot of jobs after Star Wars either. And, you know, like, she, like, right. they were two of the biggest, like, in the biggest movie ever. But they were, like, ca- like typecast into, like, that role and weren't ever able to, like, get over that hurdle. Which is wild. I mean, it's something actors still worry about. Like, Chris Evans was asked to be Captain America. I think they've been, like, before they even had made it to, like, introducing Captain. Like, they were like, we're not there yet, but we want Chris Evans. And Chris Evans had been saying no for, like, years because he was terrified of, like, I'm never going to get another job. And he was like, you know, a lot of people around him were saying, like, you won't need one because, like, you'll get so paid. And he, but it, uh, people, I think, forget, like, even though you get to be in these big movies, like the like actors are artists. Like this is like their art. They don't. I'm sure some people do it to make money, but there are easier ways to make money than having to like memorize a six thousand page script or whatever. Yeah, acting is like a hell job. Like sometimes I think <laughs> about it and I'm like, just absolutely no. Having to memorize everything, having to like, I mean, they do like twelve plus hour work days, right? Um, like sometimes like massive stunts are involved sometimes very dangerous stunts are involved like uh all the people who almost drowned working on the abyss like it's you know you got like directors with egos that are too big uh mm-hmm. sometimes you're acting with like things that aren't there because everything's cg it's like you know i wouldn't i can't i couldn't do it i just absolutely could not do that yeah it's so it's a much tougher job than i think people realize and like, when they were filming Power Rangers, like, these, they're, like, kids. Like, they, I don't, I think David Yost is the only one who may have been over 18. But it's, like, Mighty Morphin was a huge phenomenon. There's a lot of Power Rangers. Like, there are, to date, there have been 27, like, season, like, different Ranger teams. Um... Roughly, Mighty Morphin goes on for three seasons, like, on its own. And then after that, like, seasons are collected as, like, the one team. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's obviously a huge thing. And I'm not gonna run down the list of every single Power Rangers ever. Because they all follow about this formula. Uh, there's some kind of intergalactic evil being. And some sort of intergalactic good being. Or... Sometimes it's, like, a good, like, force, like, because sometimes they're, like, space cops and stuff. Uh, But usually there's, like, some kind of commander that's in charge of them. They Mm -hmm. need 
five teens, as Zordon would say, with attitude. <laughs> um, but it's usually five teens, and sometimes the team starts smaller. Sometimes it's like three, and it grows into five. Usually doesn't go over six members um, once it's all done. And they always are color-coded. Blue and red, I figured out, are the only colors that are in every ranger team. Also, yellow sometimes isn't included. Yeah, yellow is only missing from Dino Thunder, I believe. But I guess it's just interesting to me because it, like, going through the history of High Rangers, and I, I looked up a bunch of stuff on Saban and the Rangers and a bunch of things, but it all comes from Mighty Morphin, and it had this, like, dark behind the scenes, which is. I don't know, not like in my kid head, totally not how I saw it. Like they were all best friends and everything was great. <laughs> yeah. And like growing up sucks. Cause now you figure out like, oh, well, Power Rangers was like, like the behind the scene was kind of shitty. And then you find out that Beanie Babies are evil. Yeah. And Neopets was involved with Scientology. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish I was making that one up. Um, and then you find out what's another one. Um, people tried to steal the the Chuck the Chuck E. Cheese stuff, the Chuck E. Cheese yeah. animatronics. Everything, everything is stolen. Nothing is original. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other another interesting fun fact I did have though is, yes. do you remember Lord Zed? I do. He was absolutely terrifying. He was like. He was like an actual bad guy in this like pretty campy show. Yeah, um, he was uh he looked moist all the time. Yeah, he was like he had like an exposed brain and like pink like it was like if a human had no skin, essentially. He's terrifying. Horrifying. Just and he awful. I can't think of like an actual plan he had, but like Rita would be like, ah, let's send a pig monster to eat all of their picnic. And Lord Zed would be like, let's drop a nuclear warhead so they die. <laughs> was essentially the tone of Lord Zed. He was like, I'm here to kill them. Yeah, it's I like, I don't have time to embiggen a monster and hope the monster gets them. We're just going to cut right to the chase and we're going to kill the Power Rangers. Yeah, he's like, I don't need to mind control them or any, like, we're going to kill them. Um, Rita, this never works. <laughs> Another thing I found out was, unshockingly, parents hated Lord Zed, which totally I mean fair. <laughs> like you've got like where like censorship and cartoons at the time is you couldn't say die and then you have Lord Zed over here that's just like yeah I'm gonna rip the Power Rangers limb from limb like, yeah he, he had this uh his voice was I'm not gonna do it but like well I'll find a clip of Lord Zed talking to Link in the show notes because his voice is like horrifying <laughs> um but he was just like a real bad guy and people weren't into it. And so after, cause he appears in season two and after season two rolls over into season three, um, he becomes more campy. He has like, Oh, he's so campy. Him and Rita get married. Yeah. They get married. He has like silly plots. Like, uh, he's, he makes like a monster that makes kids eat more junk food. Um, or like a monster that makes people hate each other, but like the hate they have is pretty slapsticky. <laughs> God. Uh, 
so yeah, he got toned way down because parents were like, yeah, this is not going to fly, my dude. <laughs> Which again, you gotta chill out. Totally fair. He was a scary dude. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, yeah, I, I thought I found like a good quote, but it's, it's just, it's silly. It's a silly <laughs> quote. I thought it was like one of his like evil monologues. I'll find a good one. The link in the show notes. Yeah. We'll link it in the show notes. We've got a couple more minutes left. Uh, do you want to talk about the movie? Not not the first movie. I mean, the oh, remake. Oh, no. I really Have don't. Have you seen <laughs> I... <laughs> Oh, I'm ready to talk about the Krispy Kreme. I'm ready to talk about how scary Rita was for no reason in that film. <laughs> I'm ready to talk about Brian Cranston. He was there. Oh. <laughs> See, Brian Cranston was... Well, it's interesting because Brian Cranston provides... So Brian Cranston is Zordon in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. And the remake that came out in 2017? 2017, uh, I think? Anyway, good casting. Just like, chef's kiss. Like, that's great. Love that. It's great. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it came out in 2017. But he... It's interesting because, like, Brian Cranston was the voice for Zordon in the Force Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Um, (gasps) What? He was? Yeah. <laughs> was Brian Cranston even alive with that? I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> Brian Cranston? <laughs> I thought Brian Cranston just like descended from the heavens to be the dead and um Malcolm in the middle and then just That's that's when he did it. That was down. he didn't exist before then. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that he was the voice of Zordon in the in the original movie. Yeah. Oh, he, even better casting. Yeah, that's like what it was. It was a kind of funny full circle because he did it in that and he also did it in a few of the TV episodes. He was the voice. Um, oh. So they made a Mighty, they made, not Mighty Morphin, they made a Power Rangers movie in 2017. It was loosely based off of Mighty Morphin and it was, you know, we talked about them not going dark, but it was a, it was not a kid's movie. <laughs> There's a plot point that, revol- that involves Ringe porn. Billy dies. <laughs> yeah, I both hate and love that movie. Like, it's fun to watch, but it has like you know like a tone problem because mm-hmm. it does not know who it's trying to cater to. Because it's like kind of goofy one second. It starts out with like Jason putting a cow in a locker room, and then he gets like kicked out of school and has to wear an ankle monitor. <laughs> yeah. um, Billy dies, like you said. Billy just dies. Um, one kid. His mom is dying. Uh, another right. one has bad home life. Zach's mom is dying. That's the plot where like he's like, yeah, my mom has cancer. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then there's just like random jokes. There's like a through line where everyone's like, got to go to the Krispy Kreme. We got to save the Krispy Kreme from Rita. Don't forget about that Krispy Kreme donut. And it's like so painfully obvious. The Krispy Kreme that- gave them money. <laughs> Krispy Kreme had a brand deal. There's the whole, like, the climax of the movie, they have to save the Krispy Kreme. That's... And then Rita's so terrifying the whole time. She's just, like, eating gold and just, like, completely feral and, like, really scary. Is it Elizabeth Banks? Yes. I can't. Yes. Okay. She's just, like, absolutely terrifying. She wants to kill the Power Rangers. She's so scary. That movie real weird <laughs> right and it like the zordon reveals he was a he was a ranger at one point oh that was wild i was like okay <laughs> and that he like he was using them to open the morphing grid so he could come back to life and they're like you're a you're a 
mean old man. You're and so a instead, selfish man. And so instead he resurrects Billy, so Billy's not dead anymore. And it, yeah, it has, it was complex. They still want to make a sequel. <laughs> There's no production announcement, but they announced they want to make a sequel. I mean, they leave a, spoiler alert, there's a cliffhanger at the end where they're like, a new student's joining us, Tommy Oliver. And then it pans over to an empty desk with a green jacket on it. Um, and you're like, oh, I get it. I get it. Tommy. <laughs> oh, Tommy. I I feel like I've seen this before. <laughs> uh, hey, if they ever make a sequel, I pray for whoever tries to be Tommy Oliver that isn't Jason David Frank. <laughs> S- surprise, it just is Jason David it's Frank, but he's like 50. <laughs> he's like, hello, fellow kids. <laughs> I think that's yeah. I think that's where we leave people. Jason David Frank as a teen. I would watch that movie. That's the only way we can save the movie. It's the only way. So, uh, Power Rangers. Do you have a favorite um, ranger? Oh yeah, it's Tommy. Yeah, Tommy's pretty. <laughs> Hands cool. down, it's gonna be Tommy because I went as the Green Ranger for Halloween one year. My grandmama made the suit. Uh, so my grandma made me a Power Ranger suit once. I went as the Black Ranger in like the ninja, the like toad costume. Oh yeah, cute. Yeah, at one point they the original Mighty Morphin Rangers were ninjas. Well, not the original original, but they were still Mighty Morphin. But they were also ninjas. they were so yeah. But they were Mighty Morphin Ninja Rangers. Yeah, not really, but they still yes. said Ninja Time or wow, they said Morphin Time, not Ninja Morphin. Time. <laughs> I was like, I don't <laughs> they, remember that. That's Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Yeah, Tommy was pretty wicked. I I was definitely a kid like Jason was my favorite. And then Tommy showed up and I was like, but this guy, which is also what the entire show did, because like they also like Jason and Kimberly are maybe a couple. And then and then Tommy shows up and then they just aren't. Yeah, like then it's Tommy and Kimberly. Yeah, like, yeah, super into Jason. And then just like Tommy comes along and it's just like, hey, everyone, I'm evil. And I'm like, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> he's the guy. <laughs> oh, he's got a troubled backstory. Oh, yes. That's it. <laughs> um, Yeah. Oh, I, well, my quick aside. Yeah. So Mighty Morphin, uh, Austin St. James was the Red Ranger and he's Native American. And Trini was the Yellow Ranger and she is Vietnamese American. And Zach was the Black Ranger and he is African American. Uh, <laughs> um. Walter Jones, who played uh, Zach, has joked about it since, but it's definitely like, yikes! <laughs> when oh, you Zoic Scoob, the people of color were removed from the show. Yeah, they were. They were all kicked off. Those are the three who were like, we should unionize, and the show is like, or we can tell you to get out. <laughs> <laughs> and they certainly got rid of them. Um, that is quite unfortunate. Uh, mm-hmm. but that's that's Power Rangers. I mean, it's that's it. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a complex tale it weaves. Um, I do want to say, uh, the actress who played Trini, um, did pass away in two thousand one. I just wanted to say, like, just hope she's resting in peace. Uh, she died in a car accident. It was a car accident. Yeah, which yeah, is was... incredibly unfortunate. She was adding incredible actress um yeah she and she she was she was working on new stuff too um yeah she was really determined to like continue her career and i wish we could have seen that mm-hmm. 
but I cannot, I cannot say her name. I'm like looking at it now because I've been forgetting it all day, and I am not gonna disrespect her memory by saying her Vietnamese name wrong. So I just won't. <laughs> respect. I respect that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it. Awesome. That was a good episode. That was fun. I. Power Rangers, man. Um, I'm going to recommend everyone, you know, like we're all stuck at home. Check out the Power Ranger comics from Boom Comics. Uh, start with the run at the beginning. It's written by uh, Kyle Higgins and the art was originally done by uh, Dan Parrott, I believe. Um, incredible series. Continues like the stories that you love. Go Go Power Rangers is like a side series to that. I also recommend that as well because they eventually do cross over. Shattered Grid is incredible. Um, there is also, if you don't feel like reading a whole series, a side book written by Kyle Higgins um, and co-written by J Jason David Frank, um, which is a future story where the Green Ranger, Tommy Oliver, has a kid who's gotten into some trouble and he has to morph one more time through all of his previous forms in order to save him. So, that you know, like, if you like that kind of stuff, you're a fan of, like, Logan it, or, like, other yeah, stories. Yeah, I was like, if you're a fan of yeah. Old Man Logan, it is, like... Brenda sold me that book <laughs> her old job. She was like, she sent me a picture. She was like, awesome. They made old man Tommy. And I was like, oh my, sign me the fuck. Put that on my list now. I am so into it. If someone's just like, this is a character you like. He's old now and a dad. And I'm like, yep. Yep. I'm sold. So uh, there's that's, also, that's a really good book too. There's also Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Pink about Kimberly. Uh, if you yes. want a different side book, that's by Brendan Fletcher on on the ones and twos and Kelly Thompson. Yeah. Just, that's also an incredible series. Yeah. It's a similar thing. Like it, I think the taglines like once a ranger, always a ranger. Mm, yeah. And then there's also uh, power rangers slash justice league, which I haven't had a chance to read. I own all the issues, but uh, <laughs> you know, I feel like weird crossover is like, can you imagine Batman talking to a power ranger? Cause that's what it is. <laughs> there's also a thing. Power rangers slash TMNT? Oh, yeah. I think that exists. I, I think, yes. We were talking about that. We haven't read that, but um, weird I have, crossovers I, are fun. Yeah, crossovers are great. I, I haven't either. Yeah. I have, like, the... It, like, again, I, I have all of them. I haven't read them yet. Um, So there's a lot of Power Rangers out there. If you want to, you know, take a trip down memory lane, and the books are... The books are pretty cool in that they get to explore them... In a slightly more mature way. I'm not saying they're not like stabbing people and stuff, but the Power Rangers aren't fucking. But <laughs> it is not an Emperor Palpatine <laughs> situation. <laughs> and with that note, uh, let's let's do our outro. Our music is provided by Freedom Trail Studios. You can find them on YouTube. Austin, what is our brand new shiny official Twitter? Our brand new shiny official Twitter is at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter, is where you can find us. And. Austin has been curating that and sharing nerdy stuff on there. We'll post like videos and clips and things pertaining to new episodes. So oh yeah. I'll throw up some creepy Lord Zed videos. I find <laughs> um, uh, my personal uh, Twitter is Batman and Sobin. So S O B B I N in case you just want to hear me post complain about things and post pictures of my cats and talk about my hot tub. <laughs> Brenda's hot tub is the, the third star of this podcast and we need to start giving it credit rights <laughs> yeah it's it didn't turn on today and i'm so proud of it <laughs> <laughs> thanks hot tub thanks uh, hot tub you can find me at night au 26 i 
I don't. T- I talk mostly right now. I'm just talking about Shira, Shira, and that Avatar: The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra are both good. And let's stop making them fight. That's mostly what I'm on about right now. They're two separate series. Korra is older than Aang was, so of course she has different problems. <laughs> and she, you know, she's like. So what if she likes a boy and then she likes a girl? Like, but it's great. She's great. I love her. Just leave Cora alone. Just listen. If you're one of those people that Cora is too complaining for you, I challenge you to go back and watch Aang in season one. He won't shut up. Oh, Aang never shuts up. Also, Cora is a teenager. Do you remember what being a teenager was like? Everything's awful. And she was raised to think that she was the shit. And then she finds out maybe she's not. So of course she's angsty about it also every like eight months of her life someone tries to kill like actively tries to kill her (laughs) someone tries to literally kill her someone tries to blow her up she loses her bending powers she has to like relearn how to like walk and do everything like just cut her some slack please please like Azuko catches Aang a few times and like handcuffs him that's like the worst like ain't no one has ever like i'm gonna kill you and people find Korra and they're like, I'm going to murder, like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going right? to take away everything that makes you you, and then I'm going to throw you off a cliff, Korra. Yeah, like, they're, it's never like, oh, we're going to, like, kidnap you and take you to jail. Or No, they're like, I'm going to kill you right here, right now. You're just going to die. I'm, gonna, I'm a grown adult man, and I'm going to kill you, teenage girl. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Tune in uh, next time for more nerdy stuff. Next week is my week, and you'll have to see what I bring to the table. I don't know what I'm going to bring to the table, so hopefully I figure that out. <laughs> hey, I, I always figure it out, like, Sunday. But uh, <laughs> still, until then, everybody, uh, have a Goodbye. have a good week. It's, it's morphin' time. <laughs> <laughs>